This is Laura Deirdre with the Becker's Digital Health Podcast. I'm thrilled today to be joined by Sadipto Srastava, Vice President of Digital Transformation at Hospital for Special Surgery in New York City. Sadipto, it's a pleasure to have you on the podcast today. Thank you, Laura. Nice to talk to you. Now, I know we've got a lot to talk about. So much is happening in health technology and the digital health space. But before we dive into my questions, can you tell me a little bit more about yourself and your background? Yeah, uh, certainly. So uh, as you said, you know, I'm the, the vice president for digital transformation at Hospital for Surgery, you know, which means that you know, I'm really being focused on leading most of the aspects of uh, things that are patient facing, digital front door, intake, telehealth, patient education, sort of the back end operational tools related to billing, communications, remote patient monitoring, clinical transformation, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Um, there's also a role that I play in partnerships because uh, the way Many different organizations structure digital transformation differently. Some have it deeply integrated into strategies. Some have it as part of marketing. Some have it as part of IT. You know, in this, um, within HSS, uh, a lot of transformation for digital sits outside of the traditional uh, areas. So I report up to the uh, the head of uh, commercialization and HSS health. And uh, and previously with a partnership with uh, with innovation as well, so it's unique. So which means that you know one big part of my job is also partnerships internally and externally. So internally, of course, with the partners that I mentioned, like information technology, you know, who manage so many of the deep applications that support a lot of these efforts that are foundational. Marketing, how do we reach our patients? Analytics, which is a huge component of how healthcare systems are starting to think through um, ROI and questions that need to be answered finance, operations, clinical staff, surgeons, and of course, externally with our vendor communities. This is where some of my background, because prior to joining HSS, I led digital health efforts at Mount Sinai Health System with a focus on innovation, innovative startups, telehealth, mobile apps, RPA, RPM, et cetera. And you know, so I have this keen desire to sort of engage with the startup community and all the innovation that is happening outside of healthcare as well. And then, you know, many, many moons ago, I was in the HIE, meaningful use, interoperability space, um, and saw that evolve, working for a nonprofit here in New York City. And also prior to that, I was with management consulting with one of the big four firms. Oh, that was a long winding one. So thank you for tolerating that. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And, you know, I think that's fascinating, just listening to your career path and how digital health technology has really developed in the healthcare delivery space. I know, you know, it's been such an important aspect of how healthcare organizations have connected with patients during the pandemic. And then, you know, now we're really seeing that as a differentiator for healthcare organizations um, as patients are seeking care. So it's great to hear that you've gotten such, um, such great experience with some of those things and really are on the forefront of developing the partnerships needed to um, with companies that can help you, you know, reach your goals and really be um, the modern healthcare organization that Hospital for Special Surgery is. So I'm wondering from your perspective, when you're connecting with those companies and developing partnerships and thinking about patient analytics and the return on investment, because I know it's a big investment, how do you measure all that and really bring that into um, those conversations that you're having as you're doing that relationship building while keeping in mind everything that the clinicians need to really serve their patients? Yeah, no, that's a great question. You know, um, I think the the space that we're in, which is a musculoskeletal, very specialized service, you know, slightly different than some of the larger health systems, you know, the finance that I've worked at or, you know, the other big ones that are here in New York City, you know, that, that allows us to give us a certain kind of focus, you know. So in terms of we know that this is an episodic sort of a care for most of our patients, 
And as a result, you know, focusing on that journey that they have when they choose to um, seek out clinical care or medical care related to some movement-related aspects. You know, I mean, our tagline is, you know, we help you move better. And that is why when a patient somewhere is thinking about how I can move better, and then from that point on, working with our marketing team to see how many patients are coming to our website, you know, those metrics become important. You know, how, what is our conversion rate, you know, converting, you know, patients into consumers? How are we making it easy for them to pick and identify the great talented doctors that we have, but at the same time, recognizing that, you know, a shoulder surgeon is not really very helpful if you want any surgery. So sort of directing them. So looking at those kinds of metrics becomes very important to us. Uh, how many calls, like, you know, even the boring aspects of how many calls are getting unanswered, you know, how many calls are making it through the final person, how many calls end up in a, a patient actually getting to the, the right doctor or care or surgeon that they need to, to get to, um, and, and recognizing the anxiety that they have. You know, people come to HSS because it's, it's a great brand, but, you know, each individual patient comes in with that anxiety. And so sort of measuring all those aspects becomes important for us. Got it. That makes a lot of sense. And considering your role really overseeing the, this digital transformation, what issues are you spending most of your time on today? Yeah, you know, and I think um, this is one area where, um, you know, we're, we're lucky to have a clear direction that we established about a year, year and a half ago. And the focus was like you know, three big areas. And then there's the fourth one that has come up, of course, uh, given the state of the industry. The first one, of course, is patient experience, you know, and this encompasses everything that I sort of talked about, you know, how are patients coming through, you know, how do they find out about us when they come in, you know, how do we make it easy for them to, you know, navigate our, you know, our, our spaghetti of systems because legacy systems, you know, sometimes make it difficult for the forms and the billing and the picking the providers and so on. So huge focus on that patient experience and the transformation there. The second is clinical transformation. You know, let's not forget that the people who are piloting this plane called HSS or any large health system are the, our surgeons, our doctors, our nurses, our nurse practitioners, our administrative staff. And, um, and, you know, I mean, we all know in this industry that, you know, while a lot of the EMR uh, evolution has helped in many ways, it has also added burdens um, on them. So how do we address and simplify some of the tasks that they're doing? How can we be more intuitive about gathering information upfront that helps them make the decision, whether it's about billing or insurance or the kind of x-rays that patients have uh, in the past life? Um, the third area is what I call like platform-based dial tone capabilities. And this is where we'll be building a platform or are building and have built a platform that'll power us for the next three, five, seven, eight years. And our growth will rest on that. So if you think about, you know, having better ways to do telehealth, uh, having more intuitive patient education, more customized content for our patients, you know, so that they can, they come in into an environment where they know it's about them, like a big Y-O-U is written there and says, this is about you because we understand you. So those are like three big areas. And then now um, spending a lot of time on talent acquisition. You know, we're handpicking a team that's going to lead us into the future. But, well, so is, <laughs> so is Walmart, so is Amazon, so are Google and everyone else out there. So, uh, uh, and the large health systems, you know, who've seen where this industry goes. So, so those are really the, the key areas that I'm spending you know, most of my waking hours um, 
Absolutely. You know, I think that's fascinating. It's great to hear you've got such a robust um, focus on that patient experience and really um, integrating technology into every aspect of the healthcare system, whether it's the patient care, clinical transformation, the revenue cycle, billing process, it really makes things a lot easier for patients. And I'm curious, though, the last thing you mentioned in terms of talent acquisition, competing with not only other hospitals and health systems for IT talent, but as you mentioned, some of the big retailers, big tech companies, and pretty much everybody wants tech talent. So how do you stand apart? What do you do in order to really attract and and recruit those who are going to make the biggest difference for the health system into healthcare? Yeah, and um, I well, I will say that I have a, I don't have a silver bullet for that. I mean, I'm struggling as much as any of the large players out there. Um, but the the few things that we have going for us, one is our brand. You know, HSS being one of the best in what it does around the country, actually the world. You know, does attract uh, allow us to attract talent that want to work here. Um, and then, you know, doing things that the industry is requiring, you know, thinking a lot more seriously about when do you need to come into the office, when you don't need to come into the office, do you ever need to come into the office for certain roles? Um, you know, offering our, our, uh, our potential um, you know, employees those flexibility, you know, career path, and being very clear with them upfront as to what they're going to be working on, um, what our vision is. I think those are the areas that uh, that we use as differentiators um, to to attract the talent, and then deep tapping into our our, our network, um, you know, network of networks. Like, you know, what are people doing? Asking friends of friends of friends. So it's just you know, I mean, I spend a good amount of time just with that, and and also um, knowing that sometimes. Uh, uh, you know, we have to be somewhat more competitive with, with salaries in certain areas and, you know, convincing some of the traditional folks saying, uh, hey, well, this role is super high in demand. Look how much, you know, a Google can pay them uh, versus how much we can pay them. So um, and, you know, we have the support from our leadership to, to do that. I'm not saying that every time it's a slam dunk, but uh, and like I said, I don't think I have a silver bullet of this, but those are the, some of the strengths that we operate on. Um, and the fact that, you know, if, if, when we can demonstrate just within the last one, one and a half years of this sort of teaming from, formed, standing on the shoulders of the work that our colleagues in marketing and IT and others have done, you know, we can tell them, we can prove to some of, some of the candidates saying, this is what you're going to be doing. Um, and this is what we've done so far. So it's not just all smoke emitters. So it's, 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 it's all that, but it's darn difficult right now sitting in April, 2022. Absolutely. I think that makes a lot of sense, you know, and it really is helpful perspective for us and our listeners. Now, when you think about um, investments and growth over the next two years, how are you thinking about that? I know you mentioned your platform, which is really poised to help the um, health system grow and develop, as well as some of the other areas that you're focusing on. Are there any new roles that are coming up? What other things are you doing in terms of setting yourself up for growth in the future? Yeah, you know, I think this is where I am very fortunate and I think the organization is very fortunate that we have like full leadership support. And this means our CEO, our COO, our board, and of course, my direct boss who heads commercialization, they are fully supporting. I mean, you know, digital, digital transformation is part of our 2025 roadmap. It's you know, part of our you know, future roadmaps as well. So, so that gives me the um, the incentive, the creativity, the uh, the 
the, the leverage to sort of you know, push forward in what we're observing in the industry, as well as new things that we can do, ideas that come from our stakeholder communities, our, our surgeons you know, who are very, very entrepreneurial and creative. So I think with that said, if I had to pick like a few items, you know, the thing that I mentioned earlier, you know, customizing the patient journey with a laser, laser focus on the patient and their needs. You know, as I mentioned earlier, MSK, as we call it, or musculoskeletal care, is different than some of the other chronic conditions. You know, I mean, things tend to be more episodic and they're time-bound, whether it's three months, six months, a year, and so on. Of course, there are chronic conditions in musculoskeletal as well, but a primary focus is on those. And then, you know, really looking at that patient and see how we interact with them. So if our patients currently walk into HSS physically, they meet the most compassionate and caring staff in the industry, hands down. And, you know, we, we get that from surveys and feedback and so on and anecdotal evidence and everything else. What we want to do in digital transformation is to package that compassion and care. Internally, we use this term called digital empathy, and that is how we want to think of our patient interactions, a recognition of all the questions, the queries, the anxieties that all our patients have, and what tools can we give to them you know, whether if, you know, Ms. the proverbial Mrs. Jones is recovering from a knee surgery, but, you know, she's an avid golfer or tennis player, you know, pushing articles by, uh, by any of our surgeons who have written about that, or maybe connecting them with the right patients or answering them questions about when they can sort of go back or what one of the things that they may have to do pre-surgery, post-surgery, thinking through that is a huge, huge focus you know, for us. Um, you know, and, and this also, uh, you know, allows us an opportunity to start engaging our clinical staff, which is our sort of second area that we talked about earlier, is how do we make their lives easier? Because, you know, they're also answering calls and messages and having to enter data into the EMR. I mean, how do we create the dial tone capabilities that allow them to, uh, to communicate with their patients and, you know, to answer the questions that they have while not adding too much burden on the limited overstrained staff that, we, that they have. I think technology does have the capability to, to make it easier for people to see a, a patient that may not need to come in. I mean, we, we've all seen the boom in telehealth from the last sort of year, year and a half. So where do we strategically power our clinicians and our nurses to insert sort of telehealth? Because Right now, many of the organizations do it in a very clunky manner. The tech doesn't work. It's not, it's not seamless. So those are like two big, big areas that you know, we're doubling down on and starting to think of how do we connect the dots between the patient who may have a, a pain level, you know, a device that they're using, packaging that information and getting that in the hands of the people who can act on it. You know, the doctor knowing before the visit that, you know, gosh, you know, they're struggling with a lot of pain or maybe have to intervene in, in between. So both on the patient side of it and then the provider and care provider side of it is what we're sort of focusing on. And then just you know, looking to the industry and internally to, to find solutions. And it, it's, it's not easy. I mean, that's the part that, you know, hopefully a lot of the speakers to your podcast appreciate is that it's, it's, it's not easy. You know, there are uh, technologies like X percent of it, maybe 20, 30% of it, but change management and working with uh, legacy systems, you know, understanding the culture of the organization and transforming that, that is the difficult part. Uh, and that's where I, you know, back to the earlier point, I'm, I'm happy that 
I have the support of our CEO and my boss and the, the, the leadership here to, to actually impact that change. That is really fantastic to, to hear and having that support from the leadership is so important. Um, when you think about that support that you have and that lean and that goal organization wide to, to really focus on digital transformation, um, was there anything that you had to do in order to convince the top executives to get there or were they pretty well on board from the beginning? Yeah, you know, I, I think um, it's a rare CEO uh, within the healthcare ecosystem that doesn't see uh, the trend in the industry. Um, and I'm lucky to have a CEO and a board and leadership who, who saw it. So some of the playbook um, of digital transformation being a focus was in existence even before I joined the organization about a year plus ago. So that made it very easy in terms of having conversations with my partners and peers around the focus, there was alignment. Because, I mean, there are organizations that I know of and I've, um, you know, interacted with many of my colleagues where, you know, they have to convince people like this is happening. Like, guys, there's, there's threats out there. There's, if you don't do this, um, you know, things may happen differently. You may lose market share. And I think that's where the culture of uh, HSS being very creative, very entrepreneurial, of health. So I would say, I mean, of the many worries that I have on a daily basis, um, that is not one of them. Absolutely perfect. Well, before we wrap up our conversation, I'm, I'm sure I, a lot of your listeners are probably going to be jealous <laughs> that yeah. sort of statement because I'm sure they're trying like going around, like, you know, talking to the CFO and talking with the strategy folks and saying, hey, we got to do this. And they're like, no, we should just open more ambulatory surgery center. So maybe we should not, you know, people are going to come to us because of our brand and like, you know, oh, we'll survive. Well, what about the startup industry? This is never going to catch up. Like, there's a lot of that convincing that people may have to do, but, uh, uh, Gosh, not here, and I'm and I feel fortunate and lucky for that. Sorry, absolutely. Yeah, no, that's perfect. And you know, I think that is definitely so helpful. And really, you are in a lucky spot. So um, hopefully, some of that can be spread, uh, you know, along to other organizations as well. And before we wrap up here, I just had one more question. What are you most excited about right now? Oh wow. Well, that's uh, that's an interesting question. I think. Uh, it's uh, maybe, maybe pardon me, but I'll give a probably a more philosophical sort of bend to this answer. I'm really excited about being smack in the middle of all this messiness. And I'll tell you what I mean by that. You know, I mean, we all know that, you know, our industry, healthcare, is in the middle of transformation, but nobody really knows how it's going to turn out. And there are like hundreds of forces that are tugging at the entire fabric of healthcare, you know, and let me double click on that. You know, I mean, we've got a vibrant startup community and of course, you know, many companies that have matured over the past several years, they want to change healthcare from the outside. They want to have an impact and their hearts in the right place. And, you know, the impact in the form of mental health, equity in healthcare, hospital at home, primary care, specialty care models, or maybe even just a transfer of money from the incumbents to the startup because they think of the incumbents doing it poorly. And we have the incumbents, you know, the providers, the hospitals, the insurance giants, you know, who see some of these trends, uh, feel the threat, feel the heat, and they are starting to make some changes. Some think they're not making the changes fast enough. Um, I mean, but 
every self-respecting hospital or pair right now has teams that are focused on digital transformation, innovation, et cetera. Um, then there's these broad categories of the non-traditional players we talked about, like you know, the Walmarts, the Kroger's, the Amazons, the Best Buy, CVS and Walgreens also, you know, who are focusing on healthcare. And you know, as you sit in the middle of this messiness, as I call it, you know, the startups see the inefficiencies, they want to fix it, but many times they don't have the understanding of the complexity of healthcare, the rules and the regulations. The incumbents on the other side, you know, they're handicapped with some of their legacy bureaucracy and culture. And, you know, but they're the ones that have the existing plumbing, the infrastructure that supports healthcare. You know, of course they have the doctors and the nurses and the staff that are core to providing patient care. And then you've got, you know, of course, there's like countless podcasts about Amazon entering this space and CBS trying to do this and Walgreens trying to do this and Walmart trying to do this. And that's sort of tugging away back at the, about the fabric. So I feel being in the middle of this, being tugged in different directions, looking at the startups and doing cool things, looking at internal stakeholders and having them, you know, come up with good ideas. I don't know what's going to happen when the next five years, but I know that my team and I and my leadership will be part of that. And we will be a big stakeholder in that. So, so being part of that journey is the one that really, really excites me. Sorry, it's a long-winded answer. <laughs> no, that's excellent. And it's just really inspiring to, to hear about all that and everything that's happening and, and to be able to participate in that and really make a difference, you know, is absolutely exciting. So Dipto, thank you so much for joining us on the podcast today. This has been a really fascinating discussion and I look forward to connecting with you again soon. Thank you for having me on.